Give me a nod when you're ready. Shooter's ready. Stand by. Hello everyone, this is Matt Gunlock with 3GIQ Podcast. I'm joined here today with Staff Sergeant Alex Goking. Hi, everybody. How you doing today? Not too bad. Just got done teaching, was it like close to 100 people how to shoot a thing fast and accurately at the same time, and that thing was a rifle. So uh, for those who are listening, right now we have the Marine Corps Marksmanship Competition going on here in the National Capital Region. We have roughly around 85 competitors competing up here right now. Um, it's going to be a two-week competition. The first week, as we've discussed in previous podcasts, is all training. The second week is going to be all uh, competition, two days of competition, one day of uh, practice stages on the front end, um, and then we have a team match at the end where each unit picks their best members of, of their unit uh, as far as uh, competitors, and they compete. Uh, typically, we hand out trophies and medals for each unit uh, that co- uh, comes in first place, but since the NCR match is one of the newest matches, we don't have team trophies just yet. So if this continues up here in the NCR, down the line, I see the team creating medals for those team trophies and creating a trophy for the National Capital Region. But right now, because it's so new and East has been moved back down to Camp Lejeune, there's no team trophies involved. It's just pride uh, at this point. But we're not here really to talk about the National Capital Region match. We're here to talk and kind of do a debrief, which we've been wanting to do for a while now. The 2021 Microtech Pro-Am. Um, the team went down, and we uh, we ended up ROing the match. Uh, Donnie, you know, we were going to shoot it as competitors first, but then uh, Donnie offered us uh, if we wanted to come down and sh- uh, be ROs, and it was it was a good experience. I mean, my personal experience or my personal thoughts on it is as ROs you get to see everybody in the competition you get to interact with a lot of people and it's you just don't interact with the people that are in your squad you get to experience everybody and they get to experience you what, what are your thoughts definitely uh, the same experience for me I was running the bonus stage uh, for uh, the memorial guys who came to the match and it, it was great you know, granted I probably didn't get to see everybody there but I still got to see a, a a crap ton of people uh, who came up to the stage and uh, tried their best to see how fast they could uh, clear the rifle, shotgun, and pistol arrays in the fastest time possible, and try to knock the top guy out. But it was it was a good time. Like uh, running that stage was awesome. Uh, I will say that the after party on was it was it Friday or Saturday? I want to say it was Saturday night. Saturday night. That was that was memorable. Uh, Fortunately, our accommodations were within walking distance, so I felt comfortable uh, drinking. And there was some fairly expensive liquor there as well. 
And I'm not entirely sure what, I think it was Chad who brought that in a small batch. I took a couple swigs and I, it was the same effect as pre-workout, but in a more relaxed and less itchy fashion. I just, I was so hyped and that kept me going the entire night. Clint Upchurch, Clint Upchurch his band was down there. They played Velvet Revolver. Uh, and they, they, like, okay, yes, I'm old. I'm 38 and music from the 80s is now considered classic rock who would have fucking thought but uh they played a lot of the classic rock stuff they played velvet revolver slash is my favorite guitarist uh i know you take a liking to velvet revolver uh, i i took a liking to just about every song he was playing out there i was almost upset with a lot of people because they were playing really well you know they're we uh, on the on the you know the outside portion of that like clubhouse area, and I was like, why am I the only one? Well, that wasn't the only one. There was like about what five of us, seven of us outside initially, but then lots of people ended up coming out. That was some good music. I was jamming to it, and uh, you know, friggin', but that was great. Uh, that that part was awesome. The uh, the hanging out afterwards was amazing. It's not. It's not. I, I don't typically get very I guess inebriated in public. But around people from the shooting community specifically, you felt comfortable. I was very comfortable. I never, I never felt that man. You know, I gotta check my check my six every now and then. Uh, I was around people that I felt like I could pass out right now and wake up, tucked in, uh, my bed in my room, to start the day again. You know, it was it was great. I was I was all about it. You know, it, uh, Chad Francis. He- exceptional individual this is my first time meeting him i've heard about him like for so long now and you know i've been shooting since 2014 uh and he reminds me granted yes he was an army ranger uh you know i think he was a retired sergeant first class uh but he reminded me of some of my old first sergeants and not the first sergeants i didn't like but the first sergeants i did like which gave me a little uncomfortable feeling but it was fucking awesome because i had somebody i could relate to and, nice. Uh, and Shit. I mean, I didn't have to worry about you guys. I remember the next morning, though, like Chad came up to me uh, after the after party, and Chad was like, "Hey, uh, where's Mustache and Mustache Two? Oh, it was um, uh, Skinny and Mustache. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I was like, uh, "They're not at their stage. No." Five minutes later, he's like, "Don't worry, they showed up. <laughs> Sweet." <laughs> A skinny wouldn't take his sunglasses off <laughs> the entire day. <laughs> Yo, I will say though, like it was, uh, it was um, uh, Chad and uh, this shooter Skinny, right? They they were at it the whole night. I think they were just, it was just, ba- it was like baseball the whole night, just arguing. Uh, it was very passionate to say the least. Yeah, it was. It was it was awesome. Yeah, no, it was a good time. I mean, they had a foosball competition or not foosball. It was a uh, cornhole. Cornhole competition. Uh-huh. Um, I know Donnie and Chad lost that one. Uh, oh well, I think the Missouri boys won. Um, uh, John Morgan and fuck, I'm horrible with names. <laughs> <laughs> no, John wasn't playing. It was the other two guys that came down with John Morgan, uh, but they ended up winning it. Um, it it was just good party uh good time mm-hmm. um other than talking about the party because this, is, this, <laughs> it, this isn't the party podcast, it was that it, good though <laughs> yeah it was um and, and, and it's kind of those experiences that bring you back to matches um it, much like the rock castle shooting center experience i know you've never been there but mm-hmm. whenever we used to go to rock castle for blue ridge it, you know you 
you busted your ass all day working either working the stages all day or shooting the stages all day and they, those were no easy tasks and then whenever you came back you know they had the bar right there at rock castle and everybody just hung out and just had a good time mm -hmm. i mean it, it, it was tr a true like shooter event where everybody just got to mingle hang out drink um and celebrate being around each other kind of mm -hmm. um and, and that's what the pro-am was uh, mm -hmm. to me it, it was much a, of an event where you get to mingle with uh the guys that you barely ever see um mm -hmm. uh in the stages you know donnie donnie did a really good job with the stages um because it wasn't it was a true pro-am fashion where it's not about who can run the fastest um, and who can move over a course of distance the fastest. It was a true shooter's match. Hey, who can shoot the fastest and who can who is accurate enough to hit the targets that are out there? That's what it was about. And uh, personally, I liked stage nine. That was the one that Chris Wiseman worked. Um, and, you know, being able to you know, shoot through the shotgun and the pistol array and move into the back of the SUV. You know, I have short guy problems, so being in the back of the SUV kind of worked out for me because I could do a reverse kneeling and, and get all my targets and the, the, the little two-inch uh, Know mm -hmm. Your Limits uh, plate hit it first shot, first impact. That's you know? why it's your favorite stage, yeah. Yeah, probably. Uh, wasn't mine for that same reason, for the opposite reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, your rifle didn't break it. Your, like, my gas block came loose in, in the stage before that, and I didn't realize it, but luckily it, it, it worked the following stage. It did not work on the last stage, which kind of mm -hmm. sucked, but, you know, my gun's up and running now, so, you know, no problems there. Well, during that stage, my scope, as I entered that SUV, came up and hit me at one of my uh, my front teeth, and uh, it's still sensitive to cold to this day, but at least it's still there. You probably chipped a tooth and might want to get it checked out. It's not chipped. It looks good. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of... It's, it's, it's still good. Also, I have to say this before I go to my favorite stage. For the listeners at home uh, that are not familiar with three-gun or the shooting sports, I'm going to let you know now that during that night where, there was, where alcohol was available, I'm going to tell you with full confidence that there were no guns around us. You know, your initial thought would be like, oh, no, they're drinking in a three-gun match. So there's at least three times more guns per capita at this match. No, everyone was very safe. And that's also a cool thing about the community. Like, people put their stuff away before they know they're about to go ham. Mm -hmm. oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, stage, uh, I think that was stage two. Yep. That I liked. It was the bus stage. Yeah. Number one thing, the targets weren't too far away, so that was pretty nice. <laughs> well, that, well, plus that was predominantly pistol stage, which is kind of your forte. Whoa, 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 whoa. We don't have to put me on the spot here <laughs> on a three-gun podcast like that. <laughs> well, you are originally from the USPSA world, so I would expect you to do pistol. <laughs> it was a very pistol-heavy stage uh, for the most part. And... Um, uh, I mean, even the rifle part was was great. I mean, I should have brass I should have brass checked prior to, because I thought I loaded around in, but that cost me about three to four seconds. But mm -hmm. still liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, it, it. It was a very it was a very fun stage. And your video uh, was beautiful. Like whenever you like, you heard the rifle go click. You were like, "Welp." <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember me saying that, but I'm gonna have to look back at it. Well, you said something that was kind of funny. I think I said. Um, Oh, I did say something like that, uh, but I think the thing I remember the most is, I don't know why I said it, but I did say I was going to say it. Like, I think we talked about before the stage, 
And when I say I'm going to do something, I more often than not do it because I, I don't want to be the guy who doesn't. Uh, I think I, I yelled first to fight. Yeah, first to fight. I, I think one of the other stages you yelled to full hundred or something like that. No, that was the same stage. I think it was one of us who said something like that. Yeah. It was somebody else. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think those are the two most fun stages. And two most. Anytime you get to shoot out of a vehicle, whether it's a plane, a helicopter, mm-hmm. or a bus, you know, it's just going to be a good time because, oh, yeah. it, you know, those are props you never get to shoot out of. I yes. Mean, you can say that yes. they got to shoot out of a school bus before, you know, unless mm-hmm. you were like the Columbine or something. Yeah, like yeah that. that's not something you want to start a conversation with somebody who doesn't shoot competitions with. Yeah. I so know. I shot out of a school bus. Whoa. <laughs> okay. All right. Slow down there, sir. <laughs> but I mean, uh, oh, I shot in a plane. <laughs> oh, all right. You know, freaking. Uh, At least we're explicit on this podcast. Well, we're not. <laughs> we do have that room. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we do kind of approach the line there. But, you know, I mean, we have videos to prove what we were doing mm-hmm. was uh, was kosher. Uh, it was fun. Yes, it was great. Um, this was your first time being an RO at a major three-gun match. Mm-hmm. How was that for you? I think, uh, I mean, I've, I've, I've had RO experience. So, like, running shooters, all that stuff, making sure... Uh, there aren't any unnecessary unnecessary delays. That was that that part was kind of like I'm I'm very familiar with that aspect. I think uh, I will say three gun specific that I definitely took back was I was able to absorb a lot of information watching a lot of the top shooters manipulate uh, manipulate their uh, their three different guns, and I, I was just trying to see like okay, I was trying to absorb information on like okay that's got how this guy puts it on the table. And that's how he grabs it off. So I was able to actually get a lot, of, a lot of things, and uh, apply it to myself. So that was a cool part about the RO experience for me, uh, running that stage. It was also great meeting people. Like it's, a, it's a new community for me. Like um, a lot of the, there's a, there's a lot, of, there's a lot of um, the networks in USPSA that I'm already fairly comfortable with, and it was cool to be able to like, oh, now I, I get to you know uh, meet guys in the three gun community, and you know start start working with them. And um, it was awesome. I will tell you the absolute best part about working my stage was having uh, Connor and Nate, right, the two junior shooters. I think it was, yeah, it was Connor Freiberger yep. and Nate Schmidt mm-hmm. and their family, just they're wonderful people. Oh, yeah. They, they were so much fun. I know uh, 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 Sergeant Glomba and Sergeant Ariana would drive up frequently from their stage whenever there was a break because uh, he knew that, there would be, that those guys knew there was, there was some fun stuff happening on the bonus stage and just hanging out with – uh, the both of them and their families was an absolute blast. Mm-hmm. Like, and they are really good shoot. They are really good shooters. Not just good shooters, but like both families are just great families. Like they're raising their their kids in a very respectful manner, mm-hmm. and like that's what I've noticed a lot from a lot of the three gun community. Like these parents, like they're spending a lot of money on their kids, and they're investing not just the money. Um, on their kids but they're investing time discipline mm-hmm. you know giving their children purpose and raising them in a very professional environment um it's not often like whenever i was growing up i never found myself around that many adults and in mm-hmm. one thing that i i found really cool is mm-hmm. like Nate Schmidt, like, we kind of, you know, he, he, he's one of our adopted children, much like Logan Toland and everything. Uh, like, Nate, like, just gravitates toward us, and it was really cool, like, having him part of our lives. And, and they, in his family, love the fact that he's taken on to us and, and as well. It's kind of an honor in that sense. 
Um, it, it's just really cool. I mean, my experience being that RO, much like yours, you get to see how every you know top competitive shooter does. But not only that, um, being on stage nine, um, one of the regular stages, the main match stages, you see how these top competitors are coaching their junior shooters. Yes. And, and they're not making the match about themselves. They're making it more about that junior shooter and ensuring that they have that opportunity to finish the stage or, you know, give them the different coaching tips. And it was just pretty cool to see and experience that. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know any other way of putting it, but that, that's what I really enjoyed about it. And I, I I like that I definitely like that format a lot. Like the like if you're if you're considered a pro shooter based off of like certain criteria, and you have to be there to help out help out the uh, the, the the those who uh, I guess qualify as amateurs. I think that's a really good thing because as much as I think even on the the shooting team here the action team, all of us here have like a, a natural and innate ability where we like to. We like to, we we like helping people. We like watching. We, we like helping them learn. We like teaching things, and we like we like it when when you can see a, the light bulb go off in somebody's head on something. It is an extremely satisfying feeling, and seeing the smiles on their faces when they're when when, when they're kind of like pleased with the things the the, the thing that they just, they just learned how to do. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. But I I also understand that not everybody is necessarily like that, and at pro ams it's kind of like it 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 incentivizes those who already do it, but it also kind of like reminds people who. Uh, don't necessarily like put it on their list of priorities like hey you're here you got to go help out those new guys because like the in, in the end this is this is a game this is sport we do this for fun we need to make sure we, we help those who are just starting out kind of like you know make it easier for them let them mm-hmm. learn the things they're supposed to uh they're supposed to learn and maybe not have them spend as much time or well, more time than they need to learn a certain thing so just that mentorship was i think it's awesome yeah so much like memorial theory gun where there's a purpose behind memorial mm-hmm. you know and it was about the gold star families and helping them with the healing process and all that this was a match that was dedicated to those amateur shooters mm-hmm. and and this is how you continue bringing new people into the sport because you have a bunch of guys who, you know, this some of them it's not their first time, um, but they might be plateaued and might not think of something new. And, you know, they don't get the time to practice, you know, or, or see, like, the caliber of shooters that are out there all the time. Um, but then there's, there's those that it's their first major match. So, you know, you're giving them coach, you're coaching them and giving them tips on stuff that they've never experienced before. And, you know, to see them get through something that they've never done before and, you know, see that experience is pretty cool to be a part of. Mm -hmm. Like, and and the other part I like about it is like, hey, there's no holds bar. Like, you know, you, it's not just one person necessarily, you know, coaching them. There's not just one pro shooter out there coaching that one person. Yes, everybody's assigned um, a, a pro and am, uh, but all the pros, you know, will be out there helping that, you know, each amateur shooter. It's not just one, one-on-one. If that person, if the rifle goes down, hey, get him a new rifle, mm-hmm. you know, run back, get him a rifle. Hey, you know, he needs another magazine. Here's a magazine. Oh, you missed that target. Go back, shoot that target. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's something that's not typical and, you know, gives them, gives them that drive to, mm-hmm. to get outside their comfort zone and, you know, make them feel like they accomplished something which they have Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so i you know this format is something that's pretty awesome i'm I'm glad it's back the way it is Mm -hmm. 
um, you know, the, and this, you know, the the other cool part about it is like they had a team stage here where a pro and an amateur were teamed up together. Granted, we were ROs, so you know, it was you and uh, you and Alvarez teamed up. It was yep. uh, Glomba and Ariano teamed up, and then it was me and Chris Wiseman, and mm-hmm. kind of we just. You know, we all know our own strengths and weaknesses, and by no means are we amateur. Um, and, and, you know, honestly, the, the term pro is thrown around loosely. I don't think, you know, unless you're getting paid, you're not a pro shooter, uh, in my opinion. But just people who are exceptionally skilled at what they do and have the opportunity to keep doing. But it's, you know, I, I think that was a cool dynamic because it was like, hey, I'm strong with this, uh, so... You shoot shotgun because you're a really strong shotgun guy, and that's what I told Chris. I was mm-hmm. like, you shoot the shotgun, I'm going to shoot pistol, and then we'll both finish it off with rifle. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it was you were the same. I think Alvarez, what, he shot the shotgun, yep. you shot the pistol. Yes. And then both finished it with uh, with the rifle. Yes. And then I think Glomba shot pistol. Pistol. He did yep. pistol. He did, a, he did a mid-air reload when jumping out of the, oh, that uh, was, that was, the that was, golf cart. Yep, that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, that was, you know, that that's something that's, it, it was just one stage that they had in there for the pro and the am to do, and then they recognized the top three pros and ams, and the amateur got, to, uh, the those top three, those, those amateurs got to take those trophies home. Um, so it was just, you know, another added layer of benefit of helping those that are new to this. Which was cool, in my opinion. Your your thoughts? Same thing. Like, I mean, like I'm just I'm just here nodding to the stuff you're saying because I have the exact same observations. I mean, it's it's wonderful. Like, uh, oh, it does remind me the golf cart stage was was really fun. Yeah. It's it's not it's not every day you you have a uh, golf cart and your partner um, decides to do a really sharp turn and you almost fall out of the golf cart. Uh, I do have videos on that, and uh, I'm happy I didn't fall out of the golf cart. I think that was like um, Sergeant Alvarez's kind of like response to me, like driving a little bit too close to the fault lines and his foot smacked against one of the stakes there. <laughs> you can see in the video, it goes, ow. <laughs> so, hey, I guess we're even. Um, and that's where the communication is key. It's yep. like, hey, slow down, speed up, slow down, speed up. Hey, mm-hmm. I got to get this. Okay, I'm good. Like, gun it. Let's get to the mm-hmm. end. Um, My communication was, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> to Jeremy Swafford. Uh, he's he provided all the food um, for the ROs for the lunches. Um, you know, he provided dinner during the party. Um, amazing job, you know. Was I don't know what we would have done. I mean, you know, I you know, whenever most of the time whenever I think lunches, I think bag nasties in the Marine Corps, but mm-hmm. no, this was like gourmet fucking cooking and it was it was awesome. Like every day mm-hmm. was something new. It was like Holy shit, this is awesome. Oh yes, it's there's actually I will say I will say there is uh one drawback with this with with the food that he cooked. And I remember just about every meal. You cannot be distra- it will take you away from whatever you're doing cuz you're just sitting there trying to like you have a lot of flavors going on. You can't think of anything else at that moment. I remember when I was ROing the stage, uh I asked uh cuz I was working it with uh, Olmsted and Zach uh, from the Memorial guys. Awesome dudes by the way. Whenever I'd be eating, I'd be like, okay, can you guys run this? I'm going to have to go to my truck real quick. And I just sat there and started eating. Like, granted, it was a little cold because uh, I didn't eat right away. But I was just sitting there like, wow. Hey, Connor, go try, try one of these potatoes, man. <laughs> 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 uh, 
but that that was some good food. That yeah. was very good food. Yep. And that I mean, that's part of what makes it a great event. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you, you know, it's not just like ain't food brought in like, you know, it's not somebody just running out and going and getting McDonald's or Arby's or something like that. It's and you know, Jeremy's cooking for us, you know. Mm-hmm. How often do you get a chef out there, mm-hmm. you know, cooking at a match? Not Mm-mm. often. And no. you know, he does it because you know, he could be out somewhere else making more money somewhere else, but he wants to be out there hanging out with the three gun community. So, you know, I give you props, Jeremy. Um, we appreciate everything that you do. Thanks, Jeremy. Um, pro- uh, one mile club. Yeah. 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 Granted, I had a really good spotter, but yeah, <laughs> uh, as the guy, the you know, <laughs> you got it. I got it. Tony got it. You know, it's crazy. I didn't pressure myself too much because I told myself, well, if I don't get it in the first three rounds, I'll just get some more. It turns out you can only do like three. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, yeah, cool. Nobody nobody believed me when I when I told them, oh, yep, I see my splash. And they were like, no, you didn't. And mm-hmm. I was just like, I saw my splash because I did. Mm-hmm. But even after I saw my splash, I was still like, all right, where do I adjust now? <laughs> I was just like, I don't know. Did the wind change or something? There's a lot of distance between me and the target. I barely make it past 300, but it was nice. I did see the splash, so I was like, I was going back and forth with uh, Alvarez, and I was like, all right, which which how many which one is the three mil two mil mark? Oh, is it the thing? Okay, it's the one going up. Cool. Okay, let me move. Bang, gun goes crazy and it comes back down. And I see the flash hit. And I was like, all right, I guess I did it. <laughs> well, it's wow. like, uh, I, I, you know, I was like, Chris had, Chris Wiseman had his 308 out there. And I was like, fucking, let me try with this first. And I was like, all right, pressure's on, you know. Chris hit it once already. And I was like, let me, let me try this. And we, I think I was, you know, Chris dialed it 38 mils up. And then we had to hold it another 11, 12 mils, um, you know, higher. And, you know. They like bottom out or something? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so uh, I got it on the third shot. I was like, all right, sweet. I don't need to do it on the 338. And uh, and then Steve Esping, I think that's his name, um, he was like, well, you want to do it on the 338? I was like, ah, fuck it, I suppose. I guess the pressure's <laughs> off. I mean, I'm going to get my coin anyway, so might as well. So then I got it up. You know, I was like, pressure's off. Let's do it. I hit it in the first shot, and I was like, cool <laughs> cool that's it it's cool i was like well i guess i don't need to use these two other rounds he's like well you're gonna be paying 20 bucks you might as well use the ammo and yeah, well. fuck it might as well yeah you know? uh, yeah might as well pressure is off i don't you know i'll just i'll shoot some more rounds don't yeah. don't twist my arm exactly but the real question is though but let me see you do it with iron sights oh, <laughs> 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 fucking boomers <laughs> Scopes break. <laughs> oh, uh, it's so entertaining. Uh, I, I, I kind of miss their comments. You know, some, you know, I'm actually at a point where I kind of miss seeing it. I don't. Because, like, I think, because, I mean, we've been putting captions where it explains everything. It's mm-hmm. like, if you try to argue with that, like, good luck. Mm-hmm. We're not going to argue back, but we're just going to look at it and be like, lol. We're, we, yes, we're going to lull and we're going to curse you in our head, but we're not going to write back. Oh, no. 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 We're going to be more professional than that. Oh, yes, totally. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the crazy thing is, like, I mean, even with, okay, so, like, f- in all fairness, like, a, lo- a lot of the guys who do post those kinds of things, nine times out of ten, you take one of them out and you let them feel what it feels like to shoot, like, what you can actually do 
mm-hmm. with some modern equipment, like not just stand at like a, a 25 yard indoor range and just shoot slowly like, hey, take this and I want you to shoot this array of targets for speed or at least don't waste any time. Mm-hmm. And that's when a lot of people end up like, oh, okay. Wow, that's pretty cool. I see why this is fun. I see, yeah. But then you have some of those boomers who are like, (laughs) you know, they they watch your video. Oh, I hear, you know, I hear a lot of misses out there. Yeah, okay, dude, you hear a lot of misses. What, I took one extra shot on that steel plate that was like 20 yards away. That's like maybe four inches by four inches. Cool, man. (laughs) I want to see you do this. Hey, just you know, we're getting slow, smooth, and smooth is fast, right? If it if you get it on your first hit, but it took you twenty seconds, that's faster than doing it in two hits in under ten. Like yeah. at the yeah. first, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and those who say slow is smooth, smooth is fast, you know, I I'm not even gonna explain what I think. <laughs> slow is slow, and fast is fast. Hit the damn target as fast as you can. You can be smooth at both, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a different kind of smooth, though. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Yep, I, I hate that term. Well, that's what I tell myself whenever I'm running the 880 or the three mm. mile. Oh, yeah, the 880. I just go slow <laughs> so that I end up with a fast time. Yep. It makes that makes sense. You just run at your three mile pace for your 880 for the CFT. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Okay, um, yeah. <laughs> all right, prize table. I mean, uh, that was. That was a prize table you don't really see at many matches nowadays, you know. Everybody talks about the old days like F&H back in, I remember uh, 2016, it was like half a million to a million dollar prize table or something like that. And uh, this prize table, I won't say it was comparable to that, but it was pretty damn good uh, in comparison. You know, there were whole guns that were out there. There were a lot of upper, lower receiver sets. Um, you know, Lead Star Arms threw stuff out there. Barrett threw stuff out there. Ruger. The knives from Microtech. Yeah, Microtech. Yep. Um, you know, which those are pretty, uh, some pretty cool freaking knives. Mm-hmm. Federal ammunition. You know, a lot of people had their part to play in making this match happen. And those sponsors, you know, it, you know, people left there very happy. Every single person, in my opinion. Um, you know, it, it wasn't like somebody was just pulling a t-shirt off the prize table with some stickers no people lost uh left with stuff and were significantly happy Mm -hmm. so you know donnie you did a phenomenal job organizing this whole event um you know thank you that was awesome it's definitely fun it's definitely fun bumping into donnie Mm -hmm. i do i do like I, i like um i like his mindset on a lot of things and that that's awesome though like what you said about like the sponsors and stuff it's like I think a lot a lot of people are aware that you know if this is a, a well our our sports the the action shooting sports it, it's very niche there's mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of people there are probably more people who do like um there's more hunters in America yeah. that spend more money on hunting equipment mm-hmm. than what there is in three gunners in the community. Definitely. There's probably what maybe 3000 active three gunners and and at most you see Three to four hundred that go to the major matches. Yes, you know that that's a guesstimate right there. Yeah. And there's probably more fly fishers than all of us combined. Yeah, like, but and and a lot of sponsors know that. I mean, it's it there, there's not a whole lot monetary they can necessarily get from a single match by dumping mm-hmm. that much money. But it's it's just the kind of relationship that they have with the shooters, with 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 the match directors and all that stuff. It's like 
they they know that they're they might be giving the stuff away for you know might even be at at a, at, a, at like a like a calculated loss. Mm-hmm. But it's just that you can tell that they're doing that for the community, for for the shooters, for because they they probably more more than understand how important these kinds of sports are to our uh, to us and how important it is for us to go to these kinds of events both emotionally or even just just leisurely mm-hmm. like and that's that's an awesome thing that, that that they did and i think it's it's almost the same almost the same uh thing that we do here when we put up make makes and we're working uh, we're working 12 hour yeah. days half the time you know oh yeah um you know and and to us it's you know we're, we're not doing it for our own ego boost and, and or anything like that. You know, we're doing it because we truly enjoy it and because we can see the benefits that it provides the rest of the hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, you you're 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 training somebody who can use these skills. If we go, you know, back into a combat zone, you know, or put into a situation where we need to utilize them, you are you are making something better, somebody a better version than what they were. And that's what it's about. And we get, you know, they're for ten percent of the competition that comes here, they're gonna leave with a marksmanship medal, which goes in their record. Which, you know, it it's something that they can wear on their chest. And then it's like, well, what is that? I've never seen a medal like that before. You know, and it's like, hey, well, it's a Marine Corps marksmanship uh, competition. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't know anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's chest candy that they can wear, mm-hmm. you know, um, and nobody can take that away from them because it's something that they earned. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, you know, it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's just, and I think that's, that, that, that's all, that's all of us here on our team. Like we just do it because we believe in it and we love it. And like, and we like seeing people improve. Yep. And also we, and it's also, we also do it for the Mark 262, but you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's not <laughs> here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially if it's Black Hills. Yeah, yeah. And then neither here nor there. <laughs> I'm retiring soon. I, I need ammo. <laughs> you need ammo. <laughs> I do need ammo. <laughs> Every day, Gunny Gunlock likes to brag that he's getting out. It's like, yep, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm getting out soon, and I'm watching him here in, in legitimate pain that he's about to run out of uh, access to ammo. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have said that. <laughs> I have started bu- buying, you know, primers, bullets powder you know prepping for the inevitable the brand necessities yeah mm-hmm. uh, but uh you know we do it because we love it you know mm-hmm. we uh, do. uh you know so this past or last week i was working on uh next season schedule and i know i put the tar heel challenge on there you know donnie flo he's he's revived tar heel three gun um and he's bringing back the tar heel challenge they want to say that's going in May. That's going to be the first match that our summer shooters get to participate in. And we're not going to RO that one. We want uh, them to experience that, uh, you know, as shooters. So, and, and it's going to be a challenge, you know, but it's going to be a good time. It's going to bring back bring back that old three gun flavor that uh, I grew. You know, I started out in whenever I used to go to Tar Heel Three Gun down in North Carolina. Except the only difference is it's going to be in Clinton, South Carolina. Uh, which I didn't get to talk about. The Clinton House is a phenomenal facility. Um, you know, that place is to stay. The, the owners there want to continue hosting events. They want Three Gun back. Um, 
you know, and it's great that, you know, Donnie Flo has the relationship that he does because that facility has done nothing but improved over time. You know, from whenever I went there in 2016 to whenever I went there, you know, last month, uh, it was awesome, you know. Uh, you could do everything, you know. I think our furthest shot was, what, about 550, 560, something like that? Something like that, and, yeah. And from when, whenever I was talking on the phone with Donnie, he said tar, targets uh, Tar Heel Challenge is going to be smaller. So, you know, know your, know your dope. Like smaller targets? Yeah. At farther ranges? Yeah. I'm going to be sick that day, by the way. Well, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Clinton House was awesome. Even the ecosystem was wonderful. Like, they were like, there's like that road that goes in between like two giant ponds or something. Yep. And there's ducks walking. Oh, there's there. a lot of ducks. There was like, I my first impression when we got there, it's like there is like an entire battalion of ducks uh, in formation just off to the side. I wasn't sure if like, you know, their, their freaking CO was like, you know, saying, giving them word or some weird stuff, but it was beautiful. There were a lot of ducks. Yeah. Like, um, and then I know next year uh, we intend on being back at the 2022 Microtech Pro-Am, uh, and we're going to RO again. You know, and my, my personal opinion on ROing, it's, you know, it's a way you can give back to the sport. Um, you need ROs to run a match. It, it's inevitable. Um and Donnie, Donnie definitely knows how to take care of those ROs. You know, um, we didn't have to pay for billeting. Um, we mm -hmm. we stayed on site. Um, lunches were taken care of. Um, you know, we had the party where you know food was taken care of uh, on Sunday evening. Um, it was just an overall great experience. You know, all the competitors were awesome. You know, we get to see. As an RO, you, like we spoke before, you get that opportunity to, to see everybody shoot and you get to help along that process. So I know we intend, you know, next summer ROing two matches, you know, the 2022 Mid-Atlantic Three-Gun Championship up in York, Pennsylvania, and then the Microtech Pro-Am. So, yeah. Uh, you got anything left? I will say another highlight of that match was uh, Wes losing his keys. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he is never going to live that down. So Saturday night at the after party, uh, Wes, he got exceptionally intoxicated, um, couldn't find his keys. Nobody knew where the keys were. We sent a working party out all over the, the complex looking for his keys. And after... After the award ceremony and everybody was leaving, he was still looking for his keys. I think he had somebody uh, come pick him up or something like that. Um, it was, um, uh, I think it was the owner of the place who kind of like uh, l l lent him a vehicle or at least uh, provided him a means to kind of like you know leave his stuff and so on and so forth. But the funny part was the funny part. <laughs> he found them in his boots. It was, and we all. I think it's a. Uh, I think. It's a unanimous agreement. Was that redundant? Whatever. But I think we all understand that the Ducks did it. Mm -hmm. The Ducks 100% put his keys there. Yeah. There are a lot of Ducks, and some of them look really sketchy. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Wes. <laughs> <laughs> you will forever be remembered about you losing your keys. <laughs> Wes is awesome. Yeah, he's an awesome he's dude. Awesome One guy. of the nicest guys, uh, you know, I've met, you know. Uh, 
He's funny. <laughs> he is. He is very funny. He was, He hung out with us a lot. Like at at the, at the pool table every night. We were just talking for hours. It's mm-hmm. awesome. But other than that, um, Donnie, thank you for putting it on. Putting Thanks, on an awesome match. Chad, thank you for reminding me about old first sergeants that I actually do like. Thanks, Chad, for the bourbon as well. Yes, thank you for the bourbon. That was a good bourbon. Um, we, you know, I have it on the schedule next year. We're going to, and I talked to Chad last week about this, uh, but I know we are going to be going out to the Gen 3 gun match, you know. Um, I'm excited it, for that. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, Missouri's a cool place. You know, I'm sure the facility's awesome. Chad knows how to take care of people. I think, you know, I'm going to be on my way out at that point. Um, I should be on terminal leave by then. Uh, but I'm going to go out there. I'm probably going to order the match, you know. And Gen 3 gun, it's much like Pro-Am, much like Memorial. There's a purpose behind that match. It's it's a match that's about all the junior shooters out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they raise funds and create scholarships for junior shooters to continue shooting the match that way we can build a strong second amendment community and you know a strong community that is intelligent about the way they handle firearms and uh you know it just builds a three-gun community and brings great people into the mix Mm-hmm. absolutely looking forward to that i it's just awesome working with junior shooters yeah it's like the drive, the energy they have for the sport, it's like we all have it, but it's like you can when – you, when you see them shoot it, it kind of like – it almost reminds you of when you first started out in whatever sport you did, and it's just like mm-hmm. – and except except they, they, they hold on to it a little bit longer. I mean, we still do have it. Yeah. We're a lot more pissed off at our scores than, 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 than happy, but like it's awesome. It's just nice, and it's also, it's also cool because, uh, I mean, I guess Marines all tend to act like children, and when they're when, – when there are – like junior shooters around, we we feel right at home. So freaking, it's it's awesome. Freaking, uh, let's us know what a maturity level really is. Hey, that's neither here nor there either. <laughs> but I mean, they're just so easy to mold, you know, in a good way. Mm-hmm. You know, you you they're receptive. Have, they're really yes, receptive. Yes, and literally all you got to do is say, "Hey, do it like this," and they do it just like that. And there's no off switch. They just it's no holds bar. They go at it as fast mm-hmm. as they can, mm-hmm. and it's just like. Jesus Christ, kid. <laughs> what are you doing? That's crazy. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, keep doing it like that. Hey, but, you know, credit to them because the ones that we bumped into were all just really respectful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, they were raised better than I was raised. Yeah, <laughs> like, <me too>. <laughs> <laughs> they are. So, if anybody who's never been at a three gun match or you've never been to a shooting competition has never met a junior shooter, a lot of them, well, at least a lot of the ones that I bumped into, are just so respectful. Oh, yeah. It's like, like, wow. Nate Smith, Connor Freiberger. Very respectful kids. You know, very uh, Logan, you know, I got to give props to him. You know, real respectful. You have your tantrums every now and again. (laughs) I fucking told you, fix it. (laughs) But, I mean, the the junior community is just an awesome community. And, you know, it's a token to the parents that raise them you know they they're doing an outstanding job absolutely and they're given you know the the parents are giving their kids some type of focus that's really important and it's healthy yes it's healthy yeah but yeah that's really all i have right now um until next time uh like i said uh we have the marine corps marksmanship competition going on now um, this next episode, it's the next episode after this, uh, is going to get posted next, next Friday. 
So uh, we have two competition days and a team match day. So I intend recording probably next Thursday. That way we know everybody that has won on the individual level and then also who's won the team matches. So we can kind of do a breakdown and a debrief on the, the marksmanship competition for all those who care to learn about what it is that the Marine Corps shooting team does um, and kind of give an assessment. Um, but other than that, y'all have a great one. and Thank you for listening. Remember, three gunners that can't shoot pistol are two gunners. Okay, I said it bye. <laughs> They're two and a half gunners. Two and a half. They try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all have a good one. Bye.